Welcome to Don't Get in the Van. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Mandy. And today Mandy is going to give us our second episode of our three-part series, The Peterson Files. <laughs> so who are we talking about today, Mandy? Drew Peterson. Ooh. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> All right. Drew Walter Peterson was born January 5th, 1954 in Bolingbrook, Illinois to Donald, who found out he's a Marine father, very strong discipline and an alcoholic. Okay. So, and Betty Peterson, nothing. I don't know anything about Betty. She seemed to be a fine homemaker. Okay. In 1972, he graduated from Willowbrook High School in Villa Park, Illinois, and in 74, he briefly attended the College of DuPage. So after he was at the College of DuPage for a little bit, he decided he was going to move to Virginia and join the U.S. Army to train as a military officer. And he was actually in the elite division of the military police. Hmm. After two years of that, he left. He got out. He got out. Okay. Peterson began his 30-year career with the local police force in Bolingbrook, Illinois, and that's a south suburb of Chicago. So he started that in 1977. In 78, he was assigned to the Metropolitan Area Narcotics Squad. So he was really big in the Narcotics Squad, but a lot of people say that that's um, part of what formulated some of his behaviors later in life, the manipulation and mm-hmm. good at lying and good at like pretending you're someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because I guess they have to like infiltrate yeah. drug, like gangs and stuff to like talk about drugs or try to like buy drugs or yeah. like bust them or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they have to be. Yeah, it's got to be good at that stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, you got to be good at lying. Exactly. In uh, 1979, he received Police Officer of the Year Award from from his department. But at one point, he went too far and he organized an unauthorized investigation and he got fired. Hmm. But he made a big stink about it and the grand jury, went all the way to the grand jury, fought. Um, he fought the grand jury and he was like, yeah, I got my job back. So he was really good oh. at just, I don't know, he was just such a shyster yeah you know we'll get so much more into it and if you're familiar with drew peterson you know what he's like um but who is indicted by a grand jury yeah and wins and wins gets their job back after they had an unauthorized investigation to get all the way to the grand jury by the way right like he caused a fucking scene yes yes he did oh my god for the rest of his life he caused a scene oh my god yeah (laughs) all right so he was married a fair amount of times. So his first marriage is in 1974. He married his high school girlfriend, Carol Brown. In 1980, his son, Stephen Paul, was born, and his wife, Carol, divorced him after she learned of his infidelity. He had one more son with Carol named Eric Drew. So this starts his spring of infidelity. That's another thing about Drew Peterson. He cannot... He's a cheater. Yes. He cannot stop cheating. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Always a cheater. All right. In 1982, he married Vicki Connolly, and they actually opened a bar together in Romeoville, Illinois. She later revealed that he was unfaithful and mistrusting, even bugging his own home to keep track of her. Oh, shit. Yeah, he bugged the home. What an asshole. Yeah, what the fuck? But, you know, he's a he's a cop. Well, he's a cheater, so of course he's bugging the house to see what she's doing and talking about. Yeah. He's like she cheating he's like projecting what he's doing onto her you know what i mean they always do mm-hmm. so she also accused him of domestic violence he which included threats to kill her and making it look like an accident and she was in a pretty bad car accident and some say that he may, may have played a part in tampering with her car which led to that accident she also said that one time she woke up with him standing over her in a menacing way and totally freaked her out. Nothing came of it, but he was being a total freak standing over her. And so they decided to, well, she decided to mm-hmm. divorce him in February of 1992. So that was a 10-year marriage. In May of 1992, he had already married Kathleen Savio. So he goes really fast. Yeah. So February, they were divorced, him and Carol. And in May, he was married to Kathleen. Damn, three months later? Yes. Did he know her beforehand? Probably. He's probably cheating with her. Do you know what I mean? Like, that oh, seems to be his yeah. pattern. I could be wrong, but that yeah. seems to be his pattern. All right. 
So Kathleen Savio was an accountant who was in her mid-20s. And in January of 1993, they have their first son, Thomas. In 1994, they have another son, Christopher. So that's four kids so far, right? Mm-hmm. Damn, she got knocked up back to back. That sucks. I know. She's always pregnant. <laughs> All right. In 2002, so they got married in 1992, so 10 years again later. In 2002, she claimed physical and emotional abuse, and she filed a restraining order against him. And this is crazy. The police reportedly came to her house 18 times in a span of two years. That's Damn, a lot. That's a lot, yeah. And that was all for domestic violence complaints. And at one point, she went to the hospital with a black eye and bruising. He was cheating on Kathleen during their marriage also by having an affair with Stacy Ann Kales. She's 17 at the time and was a hotel oh. receptionist. Oh, boy. While Kathleen and the kids slept upstairs, Drew was downstairs sleeping with 17-year-old Stacy in the basement. So he tells, he says, you know, we're living, he was on Larry King a lot. And he said, you know, we're living separate lives in the same house. So the kids and Kathleen were upstairs and Stacy and I were downstairs. What? Right. Don't and Kathleen it. knows about this? Kathleen finds out about this affair months later. Months later. She gets super angry and they get in a fight. So she and Drew get in a fight, which... Obviously, because of domestic violence and 18 times the police coming to her house and going to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Also, yeah. Stacy is 17. Right. So. This is, that's not. I thought it was. What is the age of I, consent? It might where be they 17 are. in Illinois. You should look that up. I'm looking it up yeah, right look now. it up. Because that's what I said. I was like, like he's a police officer. I know that and that's... the age of consent is set, is 16 in Alabama, or it might even be 15. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're just going to see what the age of consent is in all states, because I'm very curious about this. Yeah. Yeah, she's 17. Yeah, there's... Okay, I mean, so that, he's second. obviously already fucking up. You know what I mean? So he was born in... 17. Fuck! Yeah. See, that's why he's not in trouble. So he was born in 54, and this is 2002. How old is he? Okay, here we go. We've got age of consent for all states. Should we just read them off? Yeah, let's talk about that. Fuck that, because I'm curious. Okay, so... Where did my little... God, age of consent. It should not be less than 18. Agreed. I mean, okay, so here we go. Alabama is 16. Alaska is 16. Arizona is 18. Arkansas is 16. California is 18. Colorado is 17. Connecticut is 16. Delaware is 18. Uh, Florida is 18. Georgia and Hawaii are 16. Idaho is 18. Illinois is 17. Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, and Kentucky are 16. Louisiana is 17. Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, and Mississippi. Miss, good Lord. Mississippi are 16. <laughs> Missouri is 17. Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and New Mexico are 16. New York is 17. North Carolina is 16. North Dakota is 18. Ohio and Oklahoma are 16. Oregon is 18. Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, and South Dakota are 16. Tennessee is 18. Texas is 17. Utah is 18. Vermont is 16. Virginia is 18. Washington is 16. West Virginia is 16. Wisconsin is 18. And Wyoming is 16. A lot of fucking 16. states are 16. That's insane. That's crazy. Because I just figured out he was 48. Ew. And she's 17. Ew. Who the fuck? I mean, that's just wrong on so many levels. A common misconception about statutory rape is that states, state codes define a single age at which an individual can legally consent to sex. Only 12 states have a single age of consent, below which an individual cannot consent to sexual intercourse under any circumstances, and above which it is legal to engage in sexual intercourse with another person above the age of consent. For example, in Massachusetts, the age of consent is 16. In the remaining 39 states, other factors come into play. Age differentials, minimum age of the victim, and minimum age of the defendant. So there's a lot of things that go yeah. into this, apparently. There were other numbers off to the side, but I was only reason reading, like, the... Yeah. 
Yikes. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, he's Drew, 48, uh, Stacy 17. So they wait. So let's see. Where were they? They were in Illinois. So in let's Illinois. see That's, what it says. It's so, seventeen. So it's seventeen. But then, oh yeah, nothing else applies because they have like the age differential, like oh. how many years in between, and things like that. So nothing but else. They, they don't have none of that applies. All right. It's so, literally and he just knew that. seventeen. I mean, obviously, of course so, he's yeah. a cop. Yeah. So okay. So I, like I said, Kathleen finds out about this affair months later. She's super angry. They get in a fight, and Drew throws her into the refrigerator. Yep. Okay. Okay. The marriage is over, and on October 10th, 2003, Kathleen divorces him. Good for you. Yes. Drew and Stacy immediately move in together and buy a house down the street from Kathleen. Down the street. Wow. He's probably saying, hey, I want to be close to my kids, mm-hmm. but come on. But really, it's just like a big fuck you to Kathleen. Well, yeah. Well, here we go. It's said that they harassed Kathleen by rollerblading by her house and giving her the finger. Grow Come up. on. The divorce was messy. They were fighting over so Drew's pension, right? Because he's a police officer, and you know, fighting over the children, but nothing ever gets settled with their finances or, or the divorce. I just want to say, Stacy was really cute, and Drew is not attractive. Right. What the fuck are these women seeing in him? You know, I was thinking about this. I think it was, I was hearing some of their sisters or some of their, their aunts, whatnot, saying like he was. Providing, like, if you think about it, Kathleen was in her mid-20s, Stacy's 17. So thinking, like, oh, he's got Stability. a nice house. He's got, you know, he's giving them jewelry and trips. And, you know, yeah, just, like, this is a different lifestyle. And for some reason, though, all these women were like, I love Drew. And, like, I don't know. He seems like a dick to me. But maybe he was a different way in the beginning of the relationship. Well, very they, charismatic. I mean, they always are. They always show like the, they're always on their best behavior in right. the beginning. Right. I mean, even people who don't turn out to be serial killers, yes. any marriage, everybody's on their best behavior in the beginning. Yeah. And for then sure. after a little while, that's when all the true colors start to really show right. when you get comfortable and you're just like, all right, I don't have to fucking like yeah. be any top of it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, all right. So Kathleen's sister, Susan, has come forward with stories of abuse between Kathleen and Drew. And one night in particular stood out July 5th, 2002. Drew snuck into his own house, dressed all in black, and put a knife to Kathleen's neck and said, I could kill you now. Susan also has all of the documentation that Kathleen kept during her relationship with Drew. She kept everything. And it's all in her handwriting, all in Kathleen's. And she's, But she had said, regardless of all of the domestic violence evidence, including police and hospital reports, nothing was ever done for her. Kathleen told her sister that Drew was going to kill her and make it look like an accident. She did not feel like she was getting any help from the police department because Drew worked there. Yeah, he's a cop, so it's the good old boy system. Yep. He's our fucking buddy. He's our friend. We all work with him. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to fucking do he's anything. He's not doing anything. Yeah, of course. She should have went to a different, like municipality oh, she you does. know what i mean oh good okay mm-hmm. she writes to the assistant state's attorney and she wrote a long letter and she i mean it's i it's crazy how much detail she puts in this letter about her kids about her scared of you know, her her life about right. she's like he's either gonna kill me or he's going to take my kids, or something's going to happen, right? So she said, would you please help me? Like, Drew knows how to manipulate the system. I don't know what to do anymore. I'm scared for my life. What do you think happened? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. So domestic violence, I mean, it's a it's a big fucking deal, right? Mm-hmm. It's huge. She went outside of that department so that she could get some help, because she's like, he's going to kill me. I know he is. I mean, tons of abuse. No one ever did anything. They don't care. That's such bullshit. Yeah. October 18th, 2003. Drew is now 49. Stacy's like 18. And they get married. (laughs) Yay. Why would you marry him? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Together, they have two kids. Anthony, born 2003, and Lacey, born 2005. March of 2004, Drew was taking his kids back to Kathleen's house down the street, right? And he says, you know, Kathleen's not answering the door. So something must be wrong, but, you know, we're divorced, so I'm not going to go into the house. So Drew asks a neighbor to come by to see if anything is wrong. Well, they find Kathleen Savio's body in a waterless bathtub, which I have to note 
design stuff's coming in here, but it's a soaking tub. So the difference, you know the difference? Mm -mm. Okay, so a soaking tub is usually like a different shape. So a bathtub is elongated, right? Right. A soaking tub is usually a round tub. Oh, and kind of like a jacuzzi tub or whatever? Kind of, but you just, you're soaking in it, right? It's deeper and it's it's not like a regular bathtub, right? Okay. So you don't really stretch out in, in it? it. I don't know if there were in hers okay. or not, but it's just a different shape. And so that comes into play later. Okay. They find her in a waterless bathtub, like I said, and her death was ruled an accident by a coroner. And Drew was like, there's no way I could have done anything. I, I was home with Stacy the whole time, right? So remember that it's just right away, like, this is an accident, okay? Mm-hmm. So Stacy legally adopts Kathleen Savio's children at this point and treats them like they're her own. So she is, this is 2004, right? They got together in 2002. So she's... 20, 21. Mm -hmm. She has four kids now. Holy fuck. October 28th, 2007, Stacy suddenly disappears. So Stacy was officially reported missing by her sister in the early hours of Monday, October 29th, after her sister Cassandra Kales failed to hear from her when she ex was expected. I think Stacy was going to go and help somebody paint their house or their somewhere in their house and she just she didn't show up yeah. and yeah so her sister called stacy multiple times she kept calling her and she never answered so she's like i'm gonna call drew so she calls drew and he says first thing he says to her is where's your sister she's like that's why i'm calling you like i have no idea then he says right away after he's like where's your sister then he says oh stacy left me Okay. What? She's like, what? Like, she's got kids at home. Her youngest was two. She's like, she's not going to leave them. Yeah. So she's like, all right. She, I'm not, con she already contacted the police, like, in Bolingbrook, but she's like, fuck that. I'm going to contact the state police. Yeah. Because she's like, Drew works there. Mm -hmm. What am I going to get out of this, right? Yeah. So she contacts the state police. So the detectives get involved, and they start to interview Drew. And this is what Drew says. At 10.30 a.m., Stacy left the house to visit her grandpa, and Drew was left at home with the kids. At 2 p.m., Drew randomly calls his department, taking the night off, right? But he's like, oh, I had so much sick time built up. I was like, you better use it or lose it. Okay, randomly yeah. right now. Oh, okay, you yeah. don't know that she's not coming home. Yeah. All right, so he takes the night off. He then says that Stacy called him at 9 p.m. So she leaves the house at 10.30, so almost... Like, 11 hours later, mm -hmm. she just calls him, and she's like, and this is on Sunday the 28th, and she says that she's left him, and she's with another man, and she's leaving. She's just, she's leaving. She says that she left her 2002 Pontiac Grand Am at Bowling Brooks Clow International Airport. So, Drew, I'm very curious where the children are at this point, because mm -hmm. he says at 1145, he walks to the airport. He, walked he to the walks, airport. Okay, so he walks. So, because he's like, oh, Stacy's car is there. But where are your children? Yeah. You have a two-year-old and yeah. then three other kids. I don't know, remember how old they are, but did you just leave your kids in your house? Yeah, what? I didn't get it. That's like my first thought. And you know? what are you walking to get the car? Like, why wouldn't you just drive over there to see if it's there and then maybe get somebody to help you get it later? Like, what? Weird, like, right? why are you walking? Yeah, I don't know. He how far away is it? It can't be far because he found her car and he says around 12 in the morning... He drives her car home, and he goes to bed. Again, what are you doing with the kids? Like, somebody there babysitting them? Like, you don't <laughs> no, have to put anybody to sleep? Like, what? Right? This is, like, midnight. You just, you walked away, and you just left your house, and your kids are in there? I don't know. I don't get it. Very weird. Okay. So, the police start to interview her friends and family, and her aunt, she and her aunt were really, really close. And she said that Stacy was planning on divorcing Drew and taking the kids with her. Okay. She had even packed Drew's clothes and put them in the garage. And that was 19 days before she disappeared. Hmm. And another thing to note is that in 1998, Stacy's mother disappeared. And they they have never found out what happened to her, right? Mm -hmm. She had been involved in drugs and different things like that. But there's never been answers, like I said. And Stacy, with that history, would never have left her kids. Right. You know, her aunt's like, she was traumatized by that. She yeah, always, she would never yeah. do that to her kids because it right. traumatized her, I'm right. sure. Yeah. She's, you know, yeah, she was super close to her aunt. She never had her mom. And she's like, I would never do that to my kids. 
All right, there's a reverend at her church now, and his name's Neil. He'll come into play in a little bit again. And he'd been counseling Stacy and Drew. So he's the reverend at Stacy's church, and Stacy's like, will you counsel my husband and I? And at one point when Stacy had been out of town, she, okay, she was visiting her dying sister. Her sister, not, she had a couple sisters, but one of them had cancer. And so she was visiting her dying sister. And she, when she returned home, she told this story to Neil, the reverend, and Drew was in the room when she's telling the story. Drew pushed her up against the door, stripped off all of her clothes, and smelled her all over her body to see if she'd been with another man. And she's telling the reverend this, and she's bawling. He was like, she was hysterical. And Drew just looked right past all of it. He didn't say anything. He didn't deny it. He didn't say he was sorry. He said nothing. What the fuck? Oh, it gets worse. Okay. Her neighbor and her friend said, the, so their next door neighbor was a good friend of her. She was a lot older, but she was, you know, supportive to Stacy. And she said um, that at Stacy's sister's funeral, because she ended up passing away from cancer, she was having a really hard time. She was up at the casket. She just was having a horrible time. She was so upset. She couldn't get herself to pull, like, get away from the casket, right? She didn't want to say goodbye. So her sister's husband, so her brother-in-law, is like, we'll do this together. Yeah. And so he goes up there and... Oh, the sister that died. Huh? Yeah. Okay. That's her husband. And so they, you know, say their goodbyes and whatnot. And as she's walking away and she goes back to Drew, Drew gets angry and he's like, oh, how many times did you sleep with him? This is at her sister's funeral, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe you should have been up there fucking supporting me while I'm saying bye to my dead sister instead right? of making her fucking grieving husband have to do it, you yeah. fucking asshole. Yes. Exactly. That's exactly Fuck what. this guy. <laughs> yeah, he's such an asshole. Oh so God. then Stacy says that then that night, the night of the funeral, she's exhausted. You know, she's got a little kid. She's trying to sleep. Every time she fell asleep, he woke her up and said, tell me, you have to tell me how many times did you sleep with him? Every time she went to sleep, he woke her up. So he was torturing her like all mm -hmm. night and her sister just died. So the neighbor was saying that. Stacy was telling her all about this, and it was a turning point. She's like, I am done. She's like, I'm done with this shit. She feared for her life, and she's like, I don't know what to do. And she told her neighbor, like, I don't know what Drew's going to do to me, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone, so we're back to Stacy's disappearance. Everyone was worried about Stacy except Drew. Of course. He went on Larry King and different talk shows saying that he's like, you know, Stacy loved male attention. You know, she could be out there dancing right now. I don't know. That. Oh, oh my god, this oh, man. I mean, you could probably compile these stupid fucking Larry King in different interviews and like think about his kids watching this shit later. I mean, what an asshole. Yeah. Ugh. So again, Stacy was said to have been a very devoted mother who would never leave her kids. And oh, and another point about when her sister had passed away in 2006, uh, she told family members that Drew didn't want her to express her emotions about what she was feeling about her sister. And when she went, when Drew went on a talk show again, I think it was still Larry King. He was like, yeah, you know, after her sister's death, she was never the same and she was under psychiatric care and she had to be medicated. So he's making her out to be what? like, yeah. So she can't grieve. She just needs, she's just crazy now. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So, her family and friends start searching for her 13 hours after the start of the investigation, searching canals near their home, the Peterson home. They spend 18 months, un, wait, 18 months searching. Drew does not help at all. Go okay? figure. And he's a fucking police officer. Yeah. You could have, you could really he has rally the troops. Yeah, right? he has resources. Yeah. That he, no one else has. Yeah, instead I, they were saying he's like locks himself in his house and was being a freak and then every once in a while I'd be like saying some bullshit to the media you know anyway they spent the 18 months searching documenting more than 250 water and 150 land searches these are good people yeah her friend who led the search party Roy Taylor said that they pulled 60 blue barrels from a river damn and they did not find anything in these barrels uh, but then they start working with a nonprofit agency who does underwater sonar 
And they had cadaver dogs. And the cadaver dogs were brought in, and they had one particular location that they kept going to, right? Mm -hmm. So they were like, let's bring the sonar over here and check out this location. This is 19 days after Stacy was missing. The sonar caught the figure of a body at the bottom of the river. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they tracked this this image for four days. And on the fifth day, it disappears. So they can't see it anymore on the sonar. Well, fuck, why didn't they try to go down and get it before that? I don't know. After the fifth day, a barge comes through, and this guy Roy was saying, you know, think about it. A barge has a six-foot propeller. Like, it's going to chop up anything oh in its way, God. right? And so they are like, okay, it disappeared. We don't know what to do. 18 months later, so they started this 19 days into the investigation. They find this body, right? It mm-hmm. disappears. 18 months later, a barge cleanup crew comes to the area, and they find a body. They find a pelvis, part of a spine, a scapula, and a small petite Victoria's Secret pair of underwear found attached to the body. Okay? Okay. And she's very small, by the way. She's like 100 pounds and like 5 foot 1. She's little. Yes, tiny. They then find a tibia and a humerus. So they send the tibia to the forensic pathologist in Will County. He says by the size and by the weight that he believes that this tibia came from a female. Okay? okay. And remember the underwear and all of this, right? Yeah. Little bones. Roy gives the humerus to the police department and they come back to him. It takes a while for them to get back to him. Right. And he's like, it's like pulling teeth to get any information from them. Right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, that bone's from a male. And the underwear, those weren't found on the body. Those are found somewhere next to it. So they're not, it's not even connected. And um, we have a DNA connection to this male, so just don't worry about it. But nothing was ever made public about this, ever, again. So there was no, like, hey, this missing male was found and blah, blah, blah on the news. Nothing. Right? So Mm -hmm. all of that. And remember, the propeller came through, and so we're finding all of these bones everywhere. Right, right, right. They also found pieces of a blue barrel, like pieces just kind of scattered everywhere. So, like, the propeller cut up some barrels, Right. right? Following Stacy's disappearance, another... Um, event happens so they are like all right drew peterson is looking kind of guilty right i mean Uh, he's the first suspect so they're like let's let's go ahead and exhume kathleen's body okay Mm -hmm. so they undergo forensic examination on november 16th of 2007 and michael baden a former new york city medical examiner who conducted the examination at the request of savio's relatives and fox news concluded (laughs) that she died of drowning following a struggle and that her body was placed in that soaking tub. Which, if you, the post-mortem photos, if you look at them. Oh, yeah. She's not laying in a, in no. a normal position. She's like, in, like, a fetal have position. Been, yeah. And she, isn't her head, like, higher? Like, her legs are down and her head is higher? I think so. So, she's not even laying, like, you would be sitting with your ass on the bottom. Why would you be, you know what I mean? The way right. that she's in there doesn't even make any sense. But they were trying to say it was an accident, too. So, if you fall into that tub, you're not going to land like that. No, uh-uh. Right? Well, and how are you going to fall into the tub and die like that? Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, what what were they, what was the accident? What did she do? She hit her head? Yes, that's what they said. So, the postmortem photos show extensive bruising that went down, that went down to the bone, actually. And this is what he said. He said, you know, if, if there's you, no way she fell hard enough to get bruising down to the bone. Yes. They're like, if she fell into the tub, she would have significant just bruises. Yeah. Everywhere. Because but you're it falling, wouldn't, right? it wouldn't be all the way it down. It would not be all the way no. to the bone. No. That's some serious way. force. Yes. It does show scraping to her back, torso, face, um, and a large unexplained gash in her scalp. So that's why they're like, oh, she fell, right? But there was no deep bruising on her back or her tailbone. And that would have shown if she slipped in the tub. Right. There was no indication of any impact on the tub itself, and there were no bottles disturbed, which is not what would happen if you were falling into the bathtub. Right. And the way that she was folded into the tub, it shows that she must have been placed in there and that her toes were curled, and that would not be the case if she just fell into the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Right? So the Will County State's Attorney, James Glasgow, told the press that after examining evidence in the case, he believed that the death was, quote, homicide staged to look like an accident. On February 21st, 2008, Glasgow announced that a pathologist had determined that Savio's death was, on, in fact, a homicide. Drew went on the defense since he is now the main suspect of one murder and one disappearance. He was cocky, arrogant, rude... If you haven't seen it, you can look it up. It's it's 
hard to watch because he's such an asshole. He's yeah. such an asshole. Anyway, his... Okay, so this gets crazy. His stepbrother, Thomas, was admitted to the hospital after a suicide attempt. Thomas was so distraught because he said... He and Drew were super, super close, right? Mm-hmm. He said that he helped Drew carry a large container Leave out of Drew's in. home. Mm-hmm. Which he believes had Stacy's body in it. A blue barrel. Mm-hmm. Right? He says that before Stacy went missing, he uh, Drew picked up Thomas and took him for a drive, right? He said that Drew asked him, he's like, how much do you love me? And he's like, oh, well, this I, is already sketchy. Yeah, he's like, well, I love you. And he's like, well, do you love me enough to kill someone for me? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I love you, but I'm not going to kill someone for you, right? So then he's like, okay, well, could you live knowing that I killed someone? Right? And so Thomas is, like, super uncomfortable. And he's like, oh, my God. So on the evening of October 28th, which is when Stacy goes missing, Drew picks up Thomas and takes him to Starbucks. And there is a video of this Starbucks visit. So it is, they were like, okay, is Thomas telling the truth? Like, he is distraught, blah, blah, blah. No, there's a video. So his, it's all there. Um, he gets Thomas a cup of coffee and he drives him to a park where there's also video evidence. Nice. Yep. And he gives him a phone. And he's like, don't, like, answer the phone unless it's me. So then he calls him back. He calls Thomas. And he's like, hey, um, I need you to come help me with something. So he goes and gets him. And he helps him move a big blue barrel from the bedroom into his truck. Mm-hmm. Or his, whatever, his car he had. And I'm sure it was heavy. I'm sure. <laughs> hey. So Thomas... Never asked what was in the barrel. He said he didn't want to know. He's like, I don't know. I don't want to know. They get back in the car and Drew drives Thomas back to Thomas's house. And then Thomas says he also helped Drew place a cell phone call f- um, from Stacy by the airport at the time of her disappearance. What? Yeah. So that he had her phone and made a phone call from the airport to Drew's phone. Because remember... Stacy called Drew at 9 o'clock at uh-huh. night and was like, yeah. I'm at the airport. I left my car. I'm leaving you for another man. In 2008, when he's 54 years old, he begins a relationship with Christina Raines, who's 24. And they met at a club. What the fuck is he doing at a club? And where yeah, are his no kids? Shit. No shit. Ugh. After a few months, by January 2009, she moves in with him. Why do all of these women move in? I don't know. But they move into the house that he shared with Stacy, and she said that she even realized that he was giving her gifts of jewelry that used to belong to his previous wives. That's a red flag. How did she realize this? How did she know this? I don't know. Was she seeing it in photos and stuff She must have seen it in photos or something. She had evidence to be like, hey, well, I'm still going to take it, but he's giving me stuff that used to belong to his other wives. Oh, yikes. So she also said that one day... She found a camera in one of his drawers, and it had photos of her naked in bed that she was not aware that he took of her. Of her? Of her. Okay. And she confronted him, and she was super mad. She was just like, what the fuck? Like, why did you do this? And he's like, well, you look so peaceful. I wanted to take some pictures. So she's like, oh, I guess I'm overreacting, right? So a few months later, they get engaged. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh. Are we going on four marriages now? Yeah, four. Well, okay. no, this would be his fifth if he gets married to this chick. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we got, uh, who do we have? We have Carol. Mm-hmm. We have. I thought it was Carol and then Kathleen Carol, and Stacey. Carol, Vicky. Oh, Carol, Kathleen, Vicky, Kathleen, Stacy. Okay. Yes. Forgot about Vicky. God. But she was like a 10-year relationship, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she bad. was. Okay, so they Well, get at engaged. least the first two got lucky enough to survive it. Right. Exactly. All right, so at this point, it's a little over a year after Kathleen's body was exhumed, and Drew was finally arrested and charged with the murder of Kathleen Savio, his third wife. He hires six lawyers. Six lawyers? Six lawyers. And they was like, they're like the dream team of lawyers. These people were such assholes. They acted exactly like him. Horrible. At one point, they were like... Uh, po- poking fun at Stacy, pretty much. They were like, hey, the media's like, hey, what do you guys think? Where do you think Stacy is? They're like, who's Stacy? You 
asshole. Yeah, what the fuck? Be professional. I mean, yeah, the... and she's a missing person. So yeah. why are you even like what? What Who's are you Stacey? gaining out of like acting? Okay, I don't know. But they they are basing their whole case on they're like there is no physical evidence linking Drew to this crime. Right? Nothing. So, Prosecutor Glasgow... Other than, like, all of the fucking letters and all of the things that Kathleen wrote saying and all of the witnesses where she told them that she was worried for her life that he was going to kill her. But that's usually hearsay and inadmissible, right? Right. So... But what about all of her stuff that she wrote down? Is none of that... None of that's admissible? All these logs that she kept of, like, the violence and everything else? Like, none of that's admissible? You know, when I saw her sister Susan bring that out, uh, that was quite a few years later but there's some stuff that becomes admissible um but not a ton i'll tell you okay okay no you're good he so prosecutor glasgow says he claimed that drew finally after years of physical abuse killed kathleen and remember they weren't even together anymore he was living with stacy yeah he was living with stacy and married to stacy yeah so then glasgow's like now i'm going after the police department because Really? Like, Drew was treated unlike a civilian and would have been treated in this. Like, if you were a regular person, this would not have happened like this, right? Okay, tell me if we're going to get to this and I'm jumping. But do we ever figure out what our motive is for that? Because like we said, he's not with her anymore. What was she trying to take the kids away from him or something? Like, why? So she's trying to get his pension. Oh. They're still fighting constantly. And he doesn't want to give her anything, right? He's like, she's not getting my money. Yeah. And... He's, he's just take his kids you know what i mean he's yeah. like yeah you're not getting anything we're done so okay yeah all right the crime scene tech from kathleen's death did not collect any evidence and he determined the death to be an accident immediately because he worked with the bolingbrook police department oh yeah so that's why it was so like oh it's it's a yeah it's an accident it's an accident yeah so in this case like i said usually you can't bring up hearsay right but they glasgow said we're going to allow testifying from the grave okay so kathleen's sister susan took the stand first and said that kathleen had said that drew was going to kill her and make it look like an accident and i don't really know what all she brought to the table or what or what they would allow her to bring but that's the main thing that i got out of it then we're back to that reverend right reverend neil shorey and he's, he's, like I said, he is the reverend at Stacy's church, and he counseled Drew and Stacy. And he reported that Stacy had told him that Drew had killed Savio and had made it look like an accident. They had met at a Starbucks, and she he's like, we were there for like 30 minutes, and then she's like, I have to tell you something. And so she starts saying all this. She's like, Drew did it? He's like, what did Drew do? She, he killed Kathleen. And she wanted, uh, he wanted to make it look like an accident and I'm afraid of him and blah, blah, blah. So Stacy, um, had provided Drew's alibi for his whereabouts on the evening. Right. Mm -hmm. So Stacy said that Drew had told her it was the perfect crime. And so this is what Drew says happens. The night of Kathleen's murder, Stacy was in bed. She woke up and she's like, he's not here. Where's Drew? Right. So She's just kind of hanging out, and a few hours later, she hears him come home. So she goes downstairs, and they meet in the laundry room. He was wearing all black and carrying a duffel bag. And she said, where were you? And he's like, you know where I was. What? Yeah, what? So he opened the washing machine, placed some clothes in it, and walked away. And she looked in the washing machine, and she's like, these are women's clothing, and this is not mine. None of this is mine. She sits down with him for hours and he coaches her on what to say if she's questioned he said he wanted to make it look well this is the truth this is not what he wants her to say he said he wanted to make it look like she had drowned in the bathtub but he had actually used his nightstick and hit her over the head like hit her on the back of the head with it so remember the unexplained Mm -hmm. gash on her head and she told neil when you're married to the police the police aren't going to help you and you may be thinking, and I was thinking, why didn't Neil go to the police? Yeah. And he said he didn't go because he's like, I feel like it was going to, like, like, it could cause problems, right? Like, if well, I go could, and do that. It the, could cause yeah. Stacy to go. Because this is before yeah. Stacy was Stacey's missing. Not so going he's yet, yeah. worried that something's going to happen to Stacy if yeah. he brings it up. Yeah. So he didn't, he didn't want to say anything. Uh, he also remembered one day in 2006 before Stacy went missing, Drew told him, that he had done a lot of bad things in his life. But he goes, and you know what? I don't feel bad for anything I've done. That's what he told the reverend. 
I've done a lot of bad things in my life, and I, I don't feel bad about anything I've done. Okay, my one thing is like, okay, why did the reverend not be like, okay, look, we got to get you out here. When he's at work one day, let's round up you and your kids and all your shit, and we're going to take you somewhere else. Like, right. that he would never know about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this guy, he seemed super nice, but he was like, you know, there's so many things I wish I was well, yeah, more counseled wish in, I wish done I would have done. Yeah. He's like, I have so many regrets. And one of, um, Marsha Clark actually did this really cool investigation on it. And she's like, it's not your fault. Yeah. And it was kind of sad. He well, was it's really not, upset. it's totally not yeah. his fault. And I'm not no, saying. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. think you were. Yeah. No, but I just like. But I would feel intense guilt if I was. Yeah. I mean, Hindsight I'd be like, is like thinking like, okay. Yeah. Like something could have been done. Yeah. Outside of not saying anything. Yeah. But she was trying to make him feel better because he was getting really upset. Yeah. He's like, I just think about it now. And I think about Stacy and I wish I would have done something. And she's like, you know. It's what it, you know. It's yeah, what it, it is. is what it is. But so, still, like, what was going to happen was going to happen. You couldn't have done anything to prevent it. Right. Um, he also made a good point. He's like, I wish I would have been more trained on it because yeah. maybe he just didn't have the knowledge then. Well, that's something that hopefully they picked up and use, and now mm-hmm. like people who are in a position to talk to somebody like that, hopefully yeah. they know the kinds of things that need to be done. Yes, I agree, one hundred percent. Or at least if you're going to seek out counseling for something like that, make sure that you look at what they're trained in right. and that they would be able to counsel you absolutely appropriately. I agree. Because sometimes when you just go to your reverend at your church, I mean, everybody in their position only has so much that they can do, right? right? Or so much right. that they're trained on. So right. who knows? I don't know. But you that's a very good point. Okay. So he also brought to light that when Stacy was being interviewed over Kathleen's death, Drew was in the room right next to her the whole time. You're not supposed to do that. What? Yeah, so she's being interviewed, and he was, like, literally right next to her. You can't do that. Yeah. You have to be interviewed alone. Yeah, what the fuck? No. He's a police officer. He can do whatever he, he wants. He can just fucking go in there. Oh, uh-uh. Yep. Next, Kathleen's divorce attorney was called to the stand by the defense. Remember, by the defense, okay, to discredit Stacy. He testified... The defense was so fucking stupid. He testified that Stacy told him that Drew killed Kathleen. So the defense is trying to prove that he didn't. And, and he goes, <laughs> yeah. So he testifies like Stacy. Stacy called him, and he's like, she wanted help. Okay, she's like, and he's like, I don't think you should be calling me because he he was Kathleen's divorce attorney. Yeah, yeah. And Stacy's like. Well, I need some help, and I have questions for you if you'd answer my questions, right? She was asking, you know, um, how could she get, like, questions about getting a divorce, questions about taking her kids out of state, and tons of questions. And he's, the whole time, he's like, I am not thought highly of by your husband. And she's like, I don't care. Like, I have these questions, right? So she told him that Drew killed Kathleen. And this was a complete, obvious backfire for the defense, right? (laughs) Anyway, the attorney also said that when she was asking all these questions, she must have been in the backyard because then he heard Drew saying, hey, who are you talking to? And she hung up. This was two days before she disappeared. Oh, fuck. Two days. So the last person to testify in the trial was Drew's son, Thomas. And he said he did not believe that his dad killed his mom. So... I mean, that's just opinion. He's a child. Yeah. Yeah. All right. After three weeks and 44 witnesses, the juries deliberated for two days. And then the verdict was ready. So, as we know, Drew was found guilty, right? Mm -hmm. So, at sentencing, he... But this is just for killing Kathleen. Kathleen. This is all about Kathleen. At sentencing, Drew is such a cocky asshole... He looks at the judge, and there's, if you've heard it before, or if you look up, I didn't kill Kathleen, he screams, I didn't kill Kathleen. And then somebody's like, yes, you did. (laughs) And I think that was the sister, Susan. Yeah. She's like, yes, you did. But he's screaming. And then he said, this is the largest railroad job ever. He was pissed. He was like, fuck this. Like, I'm a police officer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All right. He's 61 years old right now. He's at the time of sentencing. Right. And he gets sentenced to 38 years. That's it? Yeah. But it doesn't end here. Okay. Okay. So Drew appeals his conviction saying that now his attorney was not effective counsel. Oh. <laughs> now <laughs> he had not. six yeah. of them. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't work out. Mm-mm. No, not one of the six was, was any help. No, no yeah. help. Mm-mm. 
All right. So in a new turn of events. Absolutely. Okay, so now Drew said to have made a murder-for-hire plot against <clears throat> Prosecutor Glasgow. Oh, my God. While he's in jail. <laughs> so eavesdropping Listing. was used inside the prison to find out his murder-for-hire. So Glasgow got a letter in the mail from a man named Antonio Smith saying that he was solicited by Drew to kill Glasgow because he was going to pay... Antonio in jail, $10,000 to have Antonio's uncle kill Prosecutor Glasgow. What? And they... This guy thinks he's untouchable. 100%. But they had all of this recorded. Oh, my God. Wait, so is this a conversation, like, on a phone? Like, one of those jail phones? I don't, phones, or I don't is this know. I, he was... They said they were eavesdropping, so I don't think it was a phone. I think they okay. were talking. And they okay. had devices that they could use to pick up to conversations. Pick up conversations, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he's a cop. How the fuck does he not know that they have those things in jail? He's so dumb. What a fucking idiot. So, May 2016 now, he's found guilty of solicitation of murder and solicitation of murder for hire. So, guess what? Now, 40 more years on his sentence. Jackass. But he gets 40 years for that. He only gets 30 for actually killing somebody. 38 for killing. 40 for murder for hire. Yeah, which is bullshit. Whatever, dude. After a number of appeals, on September 21st, 2017, the Illinois Supreme Court upheld his conviction. So they're like, okay, dude, good. you're not getting out of jail. All right, so Drew's son, Stephen, his first son, uh, the oldest, he ends up taking over raising all of the children and stays living in the Petersons' home. Oh, wow. I mean, God. Which one? Stacy's? All of the children. No, which home? Oh. Stacy's like, home? There's too many homes. There's too many Peterson homes. Yeah, it's got to be Stacy's okay. home. Okay. Yeah. Stephen confirmed that there were many instances of domestic violence between Drew and Kathleen. And one of which, he's like, all of us kids were upstairs. And he's like, and it was just insane downstairs. Like, it was yelling and screaming. He's like, we went downstairs and it looked like a tornado had hit the house. He's like, just stuff was everywhere. Like, furniture tipped over. Like, it was crazy. So, he definitely said that's true. And when the um, interviewer was like, so do you think that your dad killed Kathleen? He said... I do believe that my dad killed Kathleen. I mean, this is the yeah. oldest kid. He was and he's there. Eighteen now. At oh least. no, he has to be at least. Oh 18 yeah, yeah. To he have was older. Custody of all the kids. Yeah, yeah. He was older. Um, well, let's think about it. Hold on, I can tell you exactly how old he is. So, he was born in 1980, and this is 2000. Okay, well, I'm about to be 31, which would make him 40. So now. yeah, so he was in his late 30s then. Okay. Yeah. Or I am. Did you 30. say I'm about I, to be 30? I am, I am 31. I'm about to be 30. Let's see, I did it again. I'm like I was like, wait a second. Com- I'm trying to completely omit 31 out of my life for some reason. <laughs> I'm like, that's not true. What the fuck? Oh my God. All right. Okay. Oh my God. Anyway, so he does believe that Drew killed Kathleen. And he also says, when they were like, what do you think happened to Stacy? And he said, I don't think she's coming back. And they're like, do you think your dad killed him? And he said, I do believe that he probably did. And he says that Drew created a nightmare for everyone. And he's like, you know, he's been in jail for so long, prison for so long. And you would think having that time to reflect, you'd be like, man, that was, I was, that's a shit show. Like I right. fucked up everyone's lives. Right. Yeah. So you should say you're sorry. But his son said the best thing. He's like, this guy's ego could fill up a room. Oh yeah. No and shit. he's like, you know, he was a good dad to me. I'm not saying there weren't problems. He's like, but... All we we would love to at this point hear sorry and it's yeah. not gonna happen. No. Uh-uh. So he knows. He's yeah. like, you know, he doesn't like hate his dad. He's like he made horrible decisions and he's like such an egotistical asshole, like narcissistic. He's not gonna say he's sorry. I don't know if I could not hate my parent for killing my other parent. Right? I know. But this he didn't kill it's not Steven's mom. That he is Carol, the first wife's oh, son. Oh. But he's taking care of... I forgot how of, many kids he has. He's Holy taking shit. care of all of the oh, other kids. Oh, Carol's son is this taking is, care of all yes. the kids. Oh, see, I thought that we were talking about Kathleen's son. Mm-mm. And I was like, damn, he must he had to have been 18 no. by then. We're talking about the we're oldest son. We're talking about son the oldest son from the first wife. Yes. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yep. How many kids did he end up having to take on? <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> so he had, okay, his name is Steven. He had his younger brother, Eric. Who I'm sure he didn't have to, to take on. 
because Eric was got to be Eric old enough by was, now. Yeah, he was born like right after him. Yeah, so. so he's got to be old enough. Yeah. Then they with Kathleen. There's Thomas from 1993. There's Christopher from 1994, and then there's two kids with Stacy. Okay, so four. He took on four kids. Four kids. Okay. Yikes, though, right? So he had six altogether, though. Yes. Okay. With three people. Mm-hmm. All right, in an interview with Marsha Clark in 2018, Drew's lead attorney, Joel Brodsky, says it was so crazy. She's like, what do you think happened to Stacy? And he said, he's just such a weirdo. He kind of like sat there and he was nervously laughing. And he said, well, well, I know what happened to Stacy." Who said this? His Drew's lead attorney. Oh. He said, well, I know what happened to Stacy. I don't have to. Yes. Guess. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And he's like, just give me a second. And he, like, just kind of puts his hands on his head, and he's just like, I just need a minute to, like, to think about my words. She's like, take all the time you need. Yeah. Marsha Clark's awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, well, and he kept being, like, just really weird. And he's yeah. like, well, in order to not break client-attorney privilege or he whatever. He just says privilege which you know it's client attorney privilege but he didn't want to even bring drew into it yeah he's like what i can say is when drew passes away stacy will be found so he knows where she is well she's like okay and she's like really and he goes I'm not going to stay i'm not going to say you know what state she's in if she's alive or she's dead i'm not going to say that but She'll be found. And he wouldn't go on. What? hmm So, if you think about this, you know Drew fucking told him, I killed Stacy. I put her in a barrel and I stuck her blah, 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 wherever. He knows. Yeah. But when Drew passes away, because he can't break, break the privilege, privilege. But once Drew's dead, then he then can Then he can tell. say where she is. So he knows. How the fuck is it legal for him to know this information and not have to tell anybody? I have no idea. It's bullshit. I don't understand. I feel like even with, you know, like if you're going to a counselor and you say like you feel like you're going to like hurt yourself, they are like they have to tell someone. They right. have to report that. Right. So in these situations, why don't you why have, don't to, report you have to report it? Yeah. I feel like there's got to. What? Yeah. So. It was such so a So are we still scene. thinking that the bin that they found the body parts aren't her? Because remember, they've already said that wasn't her, and he's saying he knows where she is. So is he going to be like, well, she's the parts that they have at the police department? And if that's the case, then the police department fucking lied, which seems accurate anyway. But what? I think very likely that was her. I kind of hope somebody kills him in prison soon so that we can find (laughs) out what happens. Oh, my God. Well, Roy, you know, her friend who did all that investigating, like, you know, searching the waters, driving the boat, like, did the sonar stuff with those, that um, agency... Uh, you know, he 100% thinks that Stacy's been found. He's like, that was her. That was her. her. I can guarantee yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. I still want to know why when they had the sonar, they didn't go in and get it. Why did they watch a body for four days before they even considered doing anything? I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have like the, um, you yeah, know, divers maybe it was like or, bad. Yeah, who knows? Or maybe it was bad weather or who knows? There had to have been some legitimate yeah, reason because, like, how the fuck could they see that and not go in for it? Yeah, I just don't I understand. I don't but you know what? The same thing happened with the Lacey Peterson case. They had done sonar and they thought they saw a body down there. And then they, the weather was too bad. They couldn't go in for it. The next time they went back, they couldn't it was see gone. it. It was gone. Right, right. Yeah, they did. he said something like, you know, on the fifth day... Like, you just, you know, things start to move around, and then the yeah. barge came through, and you just never know. He's like, but it disappeared. What's latest with Drew Peterson, right? Yeah. Shortly after Peterson began How serving... How old is he now? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> Shortly after Peterson began serving his 38-year sentence in Menard Correctional Center in Chester, Illinois, in 2013... Oh, he's not even that far away. Oh, no. He was moved to the Federal Correctional Institute in Terre Haute. Peterson's time in Terre Haute was short-lived because he was attacked by another inmate who wanted to sell his personal items on eBay. Oh, my God! (laughs) Which is funny. Oh, my God. He was moved to another facility outside of Illinois in 2019, and his current location is not being shared for security purposes. Oh, my God. So we don't know where he is now. We don't know where he is. Oh, fuck. 
Peterson's earliest possible release date is 2081, and he is currently 67 years old and still maintains that he is innocent. Innocent. How old will he be in 81? Oh, he's gonna be dead. He'll in be, he has to be right. He's gonna because he he would have to be like a hundred something. How? I don't so know. he was I'm born. Not a math person. No, he was born in fifty four and twenty eighty one. Too fucking old. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on. Twenty eighty one minus nineteen fifty four. He would be one twenty seven. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no way. There's no way. Unless we go back to biblical times. Yeah. He's fucked. Yeah. Oh, he's screwed. Where? Oh god. Where so, is he? Yeah. I, I doubt they sent him too far away, though. No, they're not going to spend... Well, He's probably in Missouri. Money. Oh, God, probably. So that's what I, I got for you. I he's shacked up with Pamela Hupp. <laughs> Maybe. He is still getting, like, love letters and... How like, the fuck is he still getting love letters if nobody knows where he is? Well, I he, guess he can write letters to people. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Somebody knows something, you know, and they've probably given, like, a... P.O. Box or who knows yeah. what. But, like, the whole time he's been in jail, he's been getting love letters and, like, I want to marry you, Drew. What is wrong with people? Yeah, I don't understand what is wrong with people. I don't know. Anyway, I well, think... because Scott Peterson gets that shit, too. Fuck yeah, he does. I think that Drew Peterson is guilty as, as fuck. As fuck. Yeah. I mean, There's no doubt. And I don't... You know, I was talking to somebody, too. I was like, why, with all this evidence, is, is he not in trouble for Stacy? But, again, yeah. no. It's all circumstantial, right? Right. right. But... Man, there's a lot of evidence in my opinion. Well, you know, the whole thing with the bin and telling his brother, like, and they have video footage saying, yes, he did talk to me at Starbucks. Yes, he did talk to me in the park. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all been verified that they Mm -hmm. spoke. Yep. So, again, who the fuck is just like, hey, so if, I guess he just picked the wrong person. Yeah. Like, would you kill somebody for me? And he was like, no. No. Why did he keep going? (laughs) Yeah, because who else is he going to trust like that, I guess, right? I guess. And they were super, super close. But then Drew was even like, about Thomas, he's like, "Uh, nobody helped me do anything. I don't don't know what he's talking about. Okay, so now your brother's crazy too. So Stacy was mental and now your brother's mental. Because every time you get called out on something, everybody's crazy but you. Yeah. Bullshit. Oh my God. Anyway. This asshole. Yeah. So that's what I got. Oh, boy. Whew. The Peterson right. Files. The Peterson Files. And they continue next week. Yeah. All right. Our, our last installment. Yeah. And hopefully we never have another case that we have to the include in the series. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> how many, within how many years, have these all been, when, what was the, what was the years on these? I can't remember. When did, when was your Scott one? I'm trying to remember what year it was. But I feel like they've all been in Around the last, the same like, time. so many years. Yeah. So, I mean, Drew's crap started in 74, but, I mean, he's still going, so. Right. Well, but that's not when he was, that's not when he was. That's when he first got married, so that's. Yeah, that's not his... when he got, I'm talking about, like, Oh, when, when he got in trouble? Yeah, or when did he kill Kathleen? What year was that? Um, He killed Kathleen in, like, 2003, I think. Because he got married to Stacy in 2008. Okay, so it was 2002 with Scott. Yeah, 2003. Hmm. Psycho. Maybe they're friends. Oh my god. Where? Where? Wait. What? Where's? Uh. Oh, Scott's in California. In California jail, right? I'm pretty sure. He's in jail in California. If I had to. Wait. This is in March. Yeah, San Wait. Quentin. March 2004. I think he killed her in 2004. Okay, so two years later, but yeah. still, it's within the 2000s. Within, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm um, pretty sure our next case is. Yeah. Don't the... say what it is. Well, I mean, if anybody is <laughs> following along, I think it should be pretty obvious. <laughs> Um, let me see what year this one was, though. This one would have been 2001. See? What the fuck? It's all, like, the early 2000s with these Petersons. Maybe it's when people thought Y2K was going to happen, so everybody just went, like, batshit crazy. Dude, who the fuck No, he was being an asshole forever. 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 Well, Scott was a cheater, too. Mm Mm-hmm. They're all cheaters. From the beginning. We don't know. Well, the next one was, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, bom, bom, bom. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. You want to move on to trivia? Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I think we've covered pretty yeah, much Yeah, we've covered we've it. Covered with that one. Yikes. Trivia. All right. Well, trivia. So, oh, I didn't write down the question. I'm an idiot. I just wrote down the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, last week's question was, what pint-sized killer has been called a redneck Charlie Manson? Yikes. And the answer is Donald Peewee Gaskins. <laughs> or I had a few people say Donald Henry Gaskins, which is his actual middle name, but not Pee Wee. They both 
They both, they both work, work. But yes, his nickname was Peewee. Um, and we had two people answer that correctly this week. It was M underscore Randa 91 and Emma underscore Elizabeth underscore. All right. So good job, guys. Good job, guys. So I've got a different question for you guys this week. Something that hopefully, hopefully uh, isn't going to be as easy for everybody to answer. Yep. And um, you have to really be paying attention to our episodes. Yep. So the question is... What was different about the Barber Beach Hamburg episode from all of our other episodes? Good luck, guys. <laughs> That's a good one. If you're an avid listener, you might you know. might know. Yeah. But if you're not, I guess you're going to have to listen to some episodes to figure yeah. out the answer. Or you could share with your friends and have them help you out. There you go. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, answer the questions. We love getting answers. You can answer mm-hmm. on Instagram or email or whatever you want to do. Check out our website, all of our blog posts, our episodes, everything are on there. We have some cool mm-hmm. merch coming. <laughs> Subscribe, share, rate, and review. Yep. All right. those things really help us out, and we greatly appreciate them. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, as always, remember, don't, don't get, get in the, the van. van.